0: Blake Hill is often thought of as a quiet person. Although quiet on the surface, his brain is always engaged and bounces from thought to thought. And if you ask him his greatest accomplishments in life, it would be his role as a dad. Blake has two amazing children and he has spent countless hours traveling the world with his son They have chased waves from California to Europe, Mexico, Indonesia, Japan, Australia, and countless other destinations. And he's the proud dad of a daughter who's strong and independent with a passion for dance. Blake's professional life began in the movie business, and during this time period, he would balance working on set with cultivating his passion for writing and His day would typically begin at 3 a.m., and he honed his craft for writing screenplays while also working on the set of movies. And over the years, he amassed a collection of 10 screenplays and a children's book. And there's an adventurous spirit that lives within his soul. He's been riding motorcycles since he could walk, and he'd spend days riding across the Mojave Desert and camping under the stars. He's ridden through blizzards, tornadoes, and across the Arctic Circle. His passion for life was dimmed one day when he encountered a stroke. And it was as if a light switch had turned off. This experience was beyond humbling and fueled his passion for living even more. He's not only physically strong, but he's mentally fit. The stroke tested his will and mental fortitude. He kept the event private with only a few friends knowing about his mental capacity. And he was challenged by the everlasting question of how are you feeling? Blake's typical day begins at 4 a.m. with an awesome cup of coffee. I can't blame him. While spending some quiet time with his two dogs. Can't blame them there either. He works out with free weights, hikes with his dogs, and tries to surf every day. Sounds like the life that I want to live. And he believes that Keeping active mentally and physically is the key to happiness, and I wouldn't disagree. He's 55 years old, and with each and every wave he surfs, he strives to ride the next one better than the last. He truly feels blessed for his amazing life. And I can't wait for you to hear the conversation between Blake and I. So without further ado, let's get started. I'm Kirby Ingalls, and you're listening to the True Success Podcast. My goal is to help you find true success by helping you live a rich and satisfying life, a life full of happiness and meaning, and becoming a pillar of your community. It's my hope to inspire you to begin creating a new narrative, revolutionizing the way we live and creating a ripple effect that resonates with future generations. Welcome back to the show, everybody. My name is Kirby Ingalls, and I am here with Blake Hill. And Blake is the author of Westfalia. Uh, It is like the beacon of light. Uh, that guides you along a hero's journey, discovering what he calls love is the greatest emotion that you can live from. Uh, when I first ran across Blake's profile, the first thing that jumped out at me was is that he loved a strong cup of coffee and he was a chatterbox. And then as I read through his his journey that he's gone on, I thought that would be a very interesting person for us all to talk to, uh, and one mainly because um, he. Uh, went on this journey of discovery, you know, throughout his life, you know, riding motorcycles across the continents and and things of that nature. And that is something that um, I want to encourage my children to do at some point is go out and, you know, explore the world as I did while I was in the military for 25 years. So, uh, and that's why it captivated me the most about his story. So without further ado, folks, I'd like to welcome Blake Hill to the show. And Blake, please introduce yourself.
1: morning, Kirby. How are you?
0: Good man. Good, good, good.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be here today, and uh, I look forward to your questions and diving deep and exploring the emotions that we all go through as we age in life. So uh, I'm ready to jump in. Let's get let's get rolling.
0: All right, man. I appreciate it. So you know, tell me. I mean, you know, what was life like when you were growing up? And so I, I've we've kind of we'll capture a little bit about you know your, your adult years when you began exploring and traveling a little bit, but what was that like for you growing up?
1: I I feel like I had a really, in some ways I had like an amazing childhood because I had so much freedom, Mm -hmm. but then in the, in the early days, you know, as far as like, uh, before probably around before the age of 12, 13, I don't know. I just had a dad who was beyond volatile Mm -hmm. and, you never knew what you were going to get when he came home and he'd walk through the door and he could be, I don't remember him really being funny, but then again, everybody else thought he was funny. And I don't know if that's a kid thing, but, uh, he, he, he just was an interesting guy. He, he was, uh, the loan shark, uh, he worked a normal job and then he would loan money. And then I, I remember I'd go with him collecting and I'd be just beyond scared. We'd go into these really gnarly neighborhoods and he'd have his gun and he'd be like, I'm going up to get money or the car I loaned money for. Mm -hmm. And and there were times, I remember one time, I think I was sixth grade and uh, I was waiting, getting ready to catch the bus, go to school. And he said, no, I'll give you a ride today. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to catch the bus. He said, no, I'll give you a ride. I need some help. So we go to this house and he goes up he goes, I'm going to get this truck. This guy hasn't made a payment in months. And so I'm like, okay. So mm-hmm. I'm hanging out. Next thing I know, I see the truck driving through the alley taking off. And so I scream at him. It's traffic hour. He chases this thing down. He's He's passing other cars in the other lane and gets in front of it and skids his truck sideways and stops it, gets up to the window, tells the guy either, you know, I'm going to break the window and beat your ass or... You can get out the other side and give me the truck.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then he looks at me and says, follow me. I'm sixth grade slide over to the driver's seat and I follow him to a parking lot. And then he takes me to school. And of course I'm late. And the principal wants to know why I'm late. And I'm embarrassed. Like, I I don't want to tell him like, yeah, I'll just help my dad repo a car, you know? So (laughs) those events were, you know, it was never ending, um, I, I mean, I could go on and on for the the, the craziness that you're, you know, from, he, he, he was just kind of a mean dude. So, I mean, he told a lot of stories himself, you know, being saved, I don't remember if it was by the bloods of the Crips, and he got, he had a slash that went down his chest, huge, massive scar that went from top to bottom, you know, and another gang had cut him open and then the, these guys came along and saved them. You just, the stories were endless. And, and there was, a, from all that, there were a lot of emotions that came up because I, as a kid growing up, and the things I witnessed that he did to my mom, and I, I began to hate the guy with mm-hmm. immense passion. And that's really where the book dives into is learning to deal with that, those emotions and going back and giving forgiveness but that's not really how the book started though. So,
0: yeah, I remember, um, a, uh, a pretty powerful story. Um, you know, I was telling you that, uh, I, I was listening to your book while I was riding my bike yesterday and there was a story in the book about where, um, you were going along this journey, uh, or West was, and, uh, there was a moment on the basketball court, you know, where, uh, like embarrassed yelled at you or something like that and uh I don't know that that, that you know you see that a lot and so the thing that kind of made me you know resort back to was is I was umpiring one time uh it was a little like little kids game but they were teenagers they were like 14 years old and I could see this father at the back of the truck after I just finished my game just be his son in front of another kid whose father was standing right there, and they were just going toe to toe with these kids, telling them how bad they suck, you know, and this and that. And and it was just for me, it was heartbreaking. And uh, I really wanted to go up there and, you know, start jawjacking with the guy, but uh, I just knew it wasn't the right time or the right place, or the right location. But uh, um, plus, I was, um, didn't know how that would transpire as me um, as an official um after the end of the game going up and because we were supposed to get the heck out of there they're like hey look some parents are upset about the game you just need to get in your car go and you know don't get involved and just you know talking about how they're not leaders and they're supposed to be leaders and they're 14 year old kids <laughs> yeah no it You're stays with you them. yeah they were deflating them and i'm just like i don't want to be that guy please do not let me ever be that father and that's why i've never coached <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> so
1: you guys separate
0: yourself yeah, I'd rather officiate than coach. So, no, I appreciate you sharing the story with us. You know, um, you know, what was what do you think your life was gonna be like when you grew up? So, you know, your your dad was, you know, uh, it sounds like he was repoing cars and doing things of that nature, um, and you were running around with him, and um, you said t- he dropped you off to the, uh, the school, and the principal's like, "Where you been?" And <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't
1: explain that one. Yeah, I, I, so, he he wrote it. The principal goes, "You know, Mister Hill, you need to write a note." So I hand him a piece of paper and a pen.
0: Mm.
1: He lit. he literally wrote, go F yourself and handed it to them. And I was just, <laughs> I just slunk and walked away.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And I'm just thinking to my God, who is this guy?
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, he was pretty bold for sure. He um, was beyond bold. Yeah. So what do you think your life was going to be like when you grew up? I mean, you know, I mean, you, you ended up in the entertainment industry, um, But what did you think that was going to look like, you know, as you got older?
1: As a kid growing up, I had this innate ability to really kind of uh, go deep within myself. I didn't tell people a lot of my, I didn't tell anybody really my dreams. But one of my dreams was I just always wanted to live at the beach.
0: Mm.
1: And um, I I didn't really know how I was going to get there. I just knew. I want it to be there, and so I think sometimes that's where we kind of get lost in translation. When we have a dream, and we 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 want to know how to get there, but instead we just need to take that one step and let the universe guide you to get there. And when I say universe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that you know, I could tell my kids, God, universe. To me, that's all in the same it's trusting that intuition that voice within you and allowing and, and allowing yourself to flow so as a kid you know you you're sometimes you're living in fear you have no clue what's going to happen you don't know who's going to step into your life but you got to trust that it's that it's going to all work out
0: I think it's powerful what you just said I mean you know trusting that voice within um, as your guiding light you know and whatever version of you know spirituality folks may be into um, you know I think that's, that's something that over I guess over the last few years that I've even discovered more myself you know like you know the voice inside that's talking, you know, are you listening to it? Or are you fighting against it and you're trying to just do what the rest of the world's telling you to do, or are you actually following, you know, your true path, you know, that you're in, in fulfilling your calling in your purpose, your, your, you know, that sense of purpose. So uh, I, I really like that. You know, I, I like that.
1: I tested that as a kid. So I, so <laughs> you know, you, I would hear that little voice going, no, don't, don't do that. And I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to try it. Let's see what happens. And then I'd be like, dang, I should have listened. <laughs> but uh, you know, so so yeah. I definitely tested it. And then, you know, I'm in my 50s. So uh-huh. I've got a lot of times to test and see if it's yeah. really working. And it does. It works. So that's all I can say is listen to your intuition. Listen to that inner voice and take the time actually to go within yourself and quiet the mind. You know, that's that's kind of like in the book. Mm-hmm. um shinran yoku is uh the japanese term mm-hmm. for going forest bathing
0: mm-hmm. but
1: i wanted to take it a little different because i love the water and love the ocean so that's when west goes within and he goes into the kelp beds that's the tie-in he's going in he's having to go in and really bathe himself and see what comes up in the quietness And and he finds those emotions that come up and they come up in these big bubbles within the ocean and help guide, you know, they help guide him through the forest.
0: Mm. So. Yeah, you did talk about that in the book. You know, you use that term. I see that it's a term I hear a lot and see a lot. Um, See the forest through the trees, but sometimes, you know, you're so focused on the tree, you can't see the forest. And uh, and you you just mentioned, you know, a a version of that. Uh, I didn't know that. Is that where that, that, for phrase comes from
1: i'm not sure where the actual phrase comes okay. from but the japanese term is all about going within mm-hmm. and allowing and you're you're going back into to your spiritual journey to to allow yourself to to ground to mother earth
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think it's you know and i i think one of the ways that i i personally do that is through journaling um and you know and it's just deep reflection getting quiet and finding those quiet places and I always talk a lot about uh, people should find space. And they're like, what do you mean space? And I'm like, no, find space where it's just you, you know, where um, you can get in touch with those thoughts, those emotions, um, and be able to channel those emotions, at least on paper at first, until you can process them. Because, you know, uh, you know, so we tend to bottle those things up and then being able to release that energy in a very focused, you know, manner, which, you know, is able to achieve the things that you want, to achieve or the outcome versus, you know, um, those emotions flying all over the place unchanneled.
1: <laughs> well, you find a space, but, you got, yeah. but we, got, we have so many distractions. Yeah. Because like you, you sit down to find the space and maybe you're sitting there, but then your phone is right in front of you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're like, oh, did I get an email? Or, oh, I posted that thing on Facebook. Anybody like it? Yeah. You know, so I try to, I write on yellow pads is how I write. And there's no phone. There's no computer. It's a yellow pad and a pen. Cause if I have anything else, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go to it. I'm going to distract myself. So I think writing is a, a great tool. And I tell my kids that like, if you have something that someone sparked within you, that's upsetting you or you need to get something off your chest, write them a letter. You're not going to give it to them. You're just going to write, get it out. And then, you know like sometimes i'll just i'll do a little you know i'll I'll
0: burn it Mm -hmm. or i'll
1: throw it away whatever feels best for you that you just you got it out
0: no i think it's i think it's powerful i mean and it's something i've been you know i i would say i honestly been doing um a lot more this last year is documenting some things that um, i wanted my children to know um there's a lot of different folks out there would influence you to to document the journey and uh Uh, even if it's just a letter, like a letter of gratitude. And, you know, I have a one-year-old, a three-year-old and, and they can't read. And so at some point they're going to be able to read those things. And, you know, it's just sharing those moments of gratitude and just writing them down document them. And and later on when they're old enough, you know, maybe it's something I'll hand them out maybe when they're 16 or when they're, you know, 21 or when they get married or when they have their first grand, you know, or my first grandkid, hopefully, Uh, you know, but those I it seems really interesting. I'm like to, I'm, I'm curious to see that play out. So but I appreciate you sharing that. That's uh that's that's I think it's really powerful. Um the thing I would also like, you know, you just said your dad was a huge impact in your life. Um was there was there anybody else in your life that you know really kind of helped direct the trajectory of your life? Thanks for listening to the True Success Podcast. Join the conversation today. Download and subscribe free on iTunes.
1: The thing with my dad is my dad did everything wrong. Mm -hmm. So I looked at that and, and... was able to go okay that was the wrong way to do it so let's figure out a right way let's figure out the way that comes from so i mean when you break it all down really my dad was operating out of fear Mm -hmm. fear that he wasn't he he wasn't a good guy he wasn't a good dad and his fear drove him and his lack of confidence drove him to be what he was not to mention the cocktail of alcohol and drugs that he put through himself so uh, so as a kid i would look around at some of the neighbors and i'd be like okay how does this family function cuz they don't function like my family mm. you know from the outside our house looked just like everybody else's house but on the inside it was it was volatile so you would spend time in other people's houses and you would you'd look around see how that dad treated that mom how that dad treated his kids and try to I have my brain tends to soak it all in and store it. So I think as a kid, I took all that in and said, okay, that's how people should be treated. That's how we should go through life. There doesn't need to be chaos every day. So that's that's where a lot of it came, just looking at neighbors, analyzing other people.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that sounds really similar um to how I kind of grew up. Uh you know, I mean, I, I, it's no secret that I had three stepfathers growing up and, um, siblings from each one. (laughs) And so it was pretty rambunctious and wild. And when you said you had, you know, you were pretty, had a lot of freedom. Um, I was had a lot of freedom as well, um, as being the oldest, you know, mom was always taking care of babies, but, um, without a father there in the home. Right. And when they were there, they, they really weren't there. I mean, they were working swing shifts doing other things I was not an interest to them um, and so you know I found um, neighbors right um, and other people that uh, I would look at and observe and monitor and um, I, I tried to I mostly rebelled against them um, as I now I look back as a little bit wiser I'm like oh they were trying to help me yeah right <laughs> oh <laughs> uh so but that it that's that that's kind of interesting yeah um, we had that you know that the ability to reflect back and see that and see that all the people that were really around you that kind of were supporting you or could support you and um we were just kind of missing you know we're just you know hitting the rim (laughs) as you would say in basketball
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much i mean but you also you like for me i didn't want to tell anybody else what was going on in my house because i was embarrassed yeah and i didn't know what would happen
0: so feel alone
1: <laughs> yeah 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 you, do, you definitely feel alone and i'm a, you know i'm the only kid in the family so but, uh, my dad left or my mom you know finally got my dad out like i was around seventh grade and then it became even worse because he'd come out and middle of the night messed up and kick our door down and it was you know we it became that's when it really things really went went off the rails so uh, you know to the to the point of sleeping under the you know I'd have a gun under my bed
0: well I appreciate you sharing you know appreciate you sharing the story with us I think we had a little freeze up there for a moment but um but we're good uh so tell me how about you uh how you got your line of work in the entertainment industry you know you you've gone you're you know we've kind of talked about you know your childhood and you know you you yeah. entered the adult years and you've gotten in the entertainment industry tell us a little bit about that
1: I met this kid who was uh he was doing a movie and basically doing it for nothing And he got a lot of people involved and he had written it and he was going to direct it. And I said, hey, I've thought about being an actor. Maybe I could try out for a a part. And he said, yeah, sure. Whenever you get ready. So then uh, I had gone off to Europe for a few months and came back and and I ran into him and he said, hey, we're going to do this movie. Do you still want to be a part? I said, yeah. So I read for a part, got this small little part. And then I said, hey, I just want to come out and check things out. So he said, yeah, come out. So then I went out and I'm like, well, I'm not working. So I can jump in with you guys if you want some help. And they were building their own sets. And so I did that for a little while. And then I said, well, you guys are gonna start shooting. I can help do that as well. So I jumped in, started doing it. Um, The guy who was doing all the lighting, um, he and I hit it off. And next thing I know, I, I started working for him. And then eventually I just started freelancing and it all just rolled into you just keep going so i i mean i've been i mean i got lucky I, I i worked on a lot of movies you know anywhere from ace ventura 2 and uh planet of the apes and um and it, it's a good experience not one i'd want to raise a family with there's a lot of hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you me. said
0: yeah you said um uh, in, in your bio that uh, you know that's how you started getting up at like 3 a.m in the morning you know and, and that, that was kind of interesting to me uh, you know that's kind of how you started developing I guess that habit
1: I was writing so I'm working on movies and I knew I wanted to transition from doing lighting on movies because I've always had a passion for writing so I thought well I'll write screenplays so I started writing screenplays And so it was, I found that getting up around 3 a.m. and starting to work was, was where my, that's where all my juice came from because you're half asleep anyway. So it's kind of a dream state. So I'd get up and write like from three to five and then uh, head to set and then work like a 14 hour day. And I, and it didn't bother me. I I was good with that. Like when you're, when you're in your passion, you can go all day. Yeah you know, so I I might take a 20 minute, I'm big on 20 minute meditation. So I do like a 20 minute meditation, you know, instead of going to lunch, I do a little meditation and that was good. That's all I needed. And I could work the long days and still write in the mornings. So I, I amassed about 10 screenplays through that period of time.
0: That's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, meditation and and writing is, is, is pretty powerful. We've already talked about the writing piece, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you got married while you were in the entertainment industry or not, but you ended up having two children. Um, and one of the things that uh, I thought we could talk about was, was the divorce, um, you know, and what that were that, and then that transition moment for you, you know, I think we all go through that. At least I had a personal experience where I went through a divorce and then there was this moment where. I kind of figured it out like okay this is who i am and this is you know i was not being my true self prior to that um i was doing the whole Joneses thing (laughs) keeping up yeah so i was just doing what society told me to do rather than doing what you know as we as we talked about the earlier the inner voice so uh
1: no my my ex-wife and i we did this together she mm-hmm. works in the business as well. We had kids during that period of time um, and then married 20 years. Mm. So, and then one day she, she comes in for a hug and says, I'm done. Yeah. So, which was, for me, it was a blow. That put me to my knees. It definitely makes, it, it made me really reevaluate life. Completely. That's, and that's truly at that moment, life had stopped for me. Like, I, I definitely knew, like, I'd, I'd been punched in the gut so hard. I, I was like, how am I going to, how am I going to come back from this? And then, and in the moment, you, I wasn't sure I could, but I had to. Cause in the same way where you look at your kids, I did the same. I was like, I got to show these guys how to recover and make it back out. And that's why, that's why I wrote the book.
0: Yeah. I know when you start the, um, when you start the book out, you know, you really talk about that. You talk about your wife, you know, the uh, leaning in and giving you a hug and whispering it in your ear. And, and she didn't, well, I guess the, she didn't really say like, um, I want a divorce, but I think she said, I'm done or something like that. Cause you guys had a rule that says you will never say, you know, divorce or something like that.
1: So. Yeah. We never said divorce. We never joked around with that you know i i made a commitment and i mean i and i believe that she did too like we made this commitment hey we're we're gonna get through everything and we've been through a lot Mm -hmm. so you know i mean just having kids alone if you don't have any other thing i mean having kids Mm -hmm. is a massive job in itself and getting them through life so And then you throw in all the extra stuff, you know, whether there's brothers or sisters and family members and just day-to-day life, it gets a little challenging. So, um, yeah, she did. She just leaned in and said, I'm done.
0: Yeah. And so I know there was a period of time where you went through, um, right after that, you know, there was that, that dialogue that was going on and that conversation and it was, um, it was, it was really, really interesting. And just the, the the thoughts that would go through your head at the time and the, the characters that you had built into the story. Um, I think, you know, you were kind of trying to uh, reason or reconcile, like, you know, like I'm committed. This is a good life. I'm committed to the kids. You know, I'm here every day. I've left the industry. I've done this. I've done that. Like what, what, what the hell is the problem here? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the best dad in the world, you know, and, and then you go, you begin this journey. um, And, uh, you know, and you, there's like stops along the way and different places and different things, you know, one time you're on the surf and there's a man standing on the water and, you know, you have conversations and then you're on a motorcycle and in a car and, you know, there's all these different places you're going through. Um, and to, um, and you stop, I think it's stopping at a diner and have a conversation with some folks. So, Um, And just going through, like, it's almost like, you know, um, there's a parallel uh, between, you know, your journey, you know, some of the things you've done in your life and this process of of divorce or these these thoughts that were potentially going through your head. So.
1: The journey. So I pulled pieces, right? I pulled pieces of pretty much everything I've done. And so, like, the journey, like, like it's, it's kind of ironic that you listen to the book while you're on a bicycle ride because yeah. <laughs> the, the book came to me while I was on a bicycle ride. You know, I was riding yeah. from, I was riding from BAMP to Jasper and it's sprinkling, it's cold and
0: I'm freezing
1: mm-hmm. and, um, and it, you know, it's a 10,000 foot climb, total day's ride's 120 miles. So it's it's a fairly, it's a pretty challenging day just a 10,000 foot climb is enough in itself. Cause I've done races here on the Island where we have a 10,000 foot climb and that's a race to the top. So, and you're white by the end. So then you throw in 120 miles. So I had a lot of time to reflect that day. And that's really where like within the book, Wes has, he's making this climb on a bicycle and these people are stepping up, talking to him, but he keeps telling his story. Mm-hmm. But the, point behind it is he's telling a story but he's really going nowhere Mm -hmm. because we all have a story but the story doesn't drive your life you do so if you just keep telling your story over and over and over you're not going to get to where you need to be you have to accept your story and then you got to forgive it and and then you learn to love your story because it's made you who you are Now you continue on and you create a great life for yourself.
0: Yeah. Speaking about that, um, how how do you live your best life?
1: I live my best life through listening to, to my inner voice. And this will seem a little bit simple, but getting in the ocean every day which grounds me so if i can if i get in the ocean every single day and stay for me everyone's got their own method of their madness of living but i I need to i need to start you know i'm i need to feel grounded i need physical activity i'm a physical guy you know my i need that i need to feel like i'm really doing something as far as physical and i do do a lot physically between surfing working out and i usually take my dog's on a hike, which is rigorous, five miles a day. So that encompasses my physical being. And then I need the intellect of things where I write, journal, and bring that all together. And then also, I'm not a huge goal setter, but I visualize a lot. So I think for everyone, they have to find what works best for them. So I visualize where I want to be and then see it and then hold it and then i know it's going to happen i believe that it will happen
0: yeah no it's awesome <clears throat> so how do you um so how do you accept and forgive um because you went through these experiences you know we've talked about your father and you know the divorce and um i mean obviously if you read the book you can understand how how difficult that might be um and you know so how do you do that i mean
1: i think you have to ask yourself do you do you want to do you want to keep, do you want to continue on your same path? If you're having a lot of negativity in your life or you feel a little bit run down or you feel tired all the time, or you feel you're just not getting where you need to be. Mm-hmm. So then you got to figure out, well, what's inside me. What's, what's pulling at me. So for me, I'll just use it's This is what's coming up is like the day that I forgave my ex-wife is, you know, is about, a year and a half after she had asked for a divorce cuz i had accepted it and i thought i was actually happy and then i i had taken a i was on a hike with my dogs and the mountains behind my house are super just the energy is is unbelievable it's, it's just a great place to go hike and it's beautiful and i'm coming back down i i i think i'm happy and then there was like this just as it just hit me it was like someone threw a rock and hit me in the head and and I was like and I just stopped for a minute and I and at that moment I went okay I've accepted divorce but I haven't forgiven her
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it just it's just something that came and I went wow and as soon as I did it I just I didn't need to tell her to her face I didn't need to go run and write it down I needed to stop right there and just tell the universe that I was so grateful that they could bring that to me and I could tell her I forgive you and with that my hands hit my knees and I had tears rolling out of my eyes but when I came to about 10 minutes later I felt 20 pounds lighter and I, I was like holy crap I've been carrying this carrying this around I needed to let go so I stayed on my I stayed on my path, not, you know, to, to having an understanding that I had to get to forgiveness. It wasn't something that I looked at when she told me she wanted a divorce. I never thought to myself, okay, down the road, you're going to have to accept and forgive. And you're going to have to go through denial and anger. And all. I, I didn't fully understand all that. But as a human being, and when you read books and you do the research on yourself, then you come to realize as you go through life and as you gain experience, this is kind of the norm of what you have to go through. And when you can figure that out, then you then you start to have an understanding. And forgiveness, it, you may have to forgive someone every single day to feel better. Like if my dad came in the room right now, I'd probably change a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's not gonna come in the room, by the way, but if yeah. he did i would change like i said i'd have to you know really go deep within
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then and and probably have to you know deep down i'm not going to tell him to his face but i got to pull it in for me mm-hmm. so there's that little kid within all of us and you got to let him know that he's good he's the one that you have to work with
0: i think it's really insightful i mean um you've, you've accepted what's happened but you have not necessarily forgiven. And, uh, you know, yeah, we, we all carry these rocks around with us. And if we don't start dealing with these rocks and unpack them, they're just going to get heavier and heavier and heavier and they're just going to weigh us down. Um, and it, you know, I think once you start dealing with those rocks in your life, uh, it becomes really freeing and you become a lot lighter, a lot more, more mobile and you're able to do more things. Um, <clears throat> just because you just, you just take that, that burden or that weight of off your, chest or your shoulders or your back or whatever it is that you have um so yeah that's that's that i think that's really really insightful uh i know we've talked about this a little bit um we kind of brushed off or brushed up on it but uh what's the best motorcycle ride experience that you've ever had
1: the best is we we had we were on our way to glacier national park and uh it was late September, early October. And we knew we were pushing it with weather. Mm-hmm. And um, it we had had unbelievable weather and we'd camp part of the time. And then sometimes we would be, uh, we'd get a hotel room. And so we come into Bozeman, Montana, and we stay in this hotel. And we don't know it, but the, the girl working at the hotel, actually her dad built it. So she's very like you know she was just I don't I don't even know how to describe her but she was just this really just great girl working this hotel and and we just were you know like the night before we were all just hanging out and she was great to talk to and told us about the area and history and next morning she comes banging on my door like you guys got to get up and go and I'm like what <laughs> like what are you talking about like and uh She's like, I'm telling you right now, if you guys don't get out of here, she goes, you're going to be working for me for the winter. You need to look out your door. And I look out and snow is piled up on my seat. And I'm going, oh, my God. So I get I two other friends with me. And so I go, we got to go. We got to go. And so I looked at the weather pattern to see where the storm was actually going. And then I see this, this trail that says Lemhi Pass. And I go, if we go to this pass, I think we can... We can skirt the side of this front and we'll be okay. So we're riding along and I mean, it's dumping snow. It's literally just dump. There's not even a car on the road. And uh, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are we doing? But I, we, I need to get home. I, you know, I'm pretty far away from home trying to get back to Los Angeles. I'm like, we need to get out of this. And so uh, we we get on this pass, this limb high pass. Well, it's the it's the trail that Lewis and Clark traversed Mm. i don't realize when i'm looking at the map it's not really a road it's a (laughs) it's a cut through people's property and so we but we take it and Mm. my buddies are like are you sure and i'm like yeah we have to like we're already committed we have to take this and um you're just riding in this vast field snow dumping cows are out there (laughs) <laughs> and it was absolutely breathtaking and and um, we come out the other side and we pull into this little small town and um, I mean it, and it took most of the day and we pull in we're freezing and there's this little cafe and there's we stop in this little town and I'll have this one gas pump like old style gas pump that was it mm-hmm. so I asked the guy I was like hey is there a place to get coffee so and he goes yeah I'll go to the house over there and I'm like so is that how's a restaurant? Or are we going over to ask somebody, hey, is that, you know, can we get a coffee? So we go inside and this lady is standing like a big rancher looking woman. that looks like she could just kick your butt. And she, she looks at us and she goes, do you guys just ride those motorcycles? And I go, yeah, we crossed the limb high pass. She goes, are you shit all stupid? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> we just want a hot cup of coffee. That's all we want. Yeah. So. Probably that experience sticks with me. I've been fortunate enough to ride. I've been caught in blizzards in New York and uh, across the Arctic Circle, which was phenomenal ride as well. My riding partner on that was not too happy with me because I just kept pushing. Yeah. And it was gnarly. It was the rain was dumping. And we'd already been riding in the rain for a week to begin with. So, and the truck drivers on that haul road, they take great enjoyment in hitting huge puddles and soaking you and it's slick and it's muddy and you have, your bikes are loaded. You're, you know, you're 650 pounds with all your gear. And so, but to cross the Arctic circle and be in, in the middle of wilderness and it's, it's phenomenal. So, mm. I mean, I've had a lot of great rides.
0: Yeah. No, it's awesome. I, uh, you mentioned, uh, you talk about, uh, you said it's Lim Lim high pass and in- yes okay yeah so lewis clark trail i actually been um eyeballing that um as as interesting as that is um not that particular pass but the lewis and clark trail um which goes from about st louis through kansas city and north um and i'm here in kansas city so i've actually been thinking about riding that trail um at some point in the next couple years so um i don't know if i'll write all of it or some of it but it's kind of it's it's there it's <laughs> it's teasing me right now so um i'm interested in in, in that journey so uh appreciate so would your, you do that on mountain bike uh no not mountain bike uh road bike so there's a road bike. There's, yeah there's a u.s route uh 77 which is um um like a, a bicycle road trail. it's like a road trail um it's uh, specifically designed for bicycles but uh it's on the road they just give you the same protections for bicycles so you to
1: um, do, a, do a mobile podcast from there
0: yeah try that go from route to route yeah. so just yeah, north exactly. of here um within i think about 30 minutes near atchison kansas is uh the lewis and clark village and so well, i was actually talking to my wife yesterday about taking the kids up there and show it to them and, oh that's cool uh, so doing some things like that but no i appreciate you sharing that story with me um it makes me want to ride it more <laughs> yeah you should <laughs> so we'll, we'll try to go on an adventure um you know you also talked about surfing so I know that's a you know a conversation we've had a couple times um not just on here but in our previous uh, conversations we've had uh can you talk about your your you know your best surf trip cuz I was actually just the weekend before um I can't remember what day we talked on um but the day before I was um uh watching um uh I think it was Kissed by God um, Uh, it was the story about the surfer who passed away from a drug overdose and um, heart attack in Austin. Yeah. Andy Irons. Yeah. That's right. Um, And his life and him being dyslexic and being able to get to the top, like world champion three different times and, or, or he had some, not, it was done dyslexic. It was a bipolar is what it was. Right. So, um, so I thought that was all kind of interesting. Um, So what, what's, what's your best surf trip like?
1: Best surf trip. I that's another one I've been so grateful and blessed cuz my son is actually the one who's the who's the mega good surfer of the family. Mm-hmm. Um and I've traveled the world with him while he's done contests. Um probably the ultimate trip for us is we went to South Sumatra and surf was pumping and it was unbelievable and I liked being able to take my kid around the world and go all these places and spend so much time together. But there was really super grounding just for the fact we stayed in basically a hut with a bed um, and a sheet. And, and you, it was just raw, raw, like on the, you, you fly forever to get there. Like, I, I mean, you're literally flying probably 20 hours just mm-hmm. to even get in. And by the time you get in, you sit in a van for seven hours and it's not like seven hours cruising down the freeway. It's seven hours thinking you're going to die every 10 seconds. Cause there's cars coming at you and these guys just haul on these little tiny roads. And, and so our driver, he was pretty awesome. Didn't speak a lot of English and he was great and got us to where we needed to be. And, um, a couple of mornings later, I I'm on my scooter. I'd gone down to check surf and I'm coming back and I hear, um, uh, Blick, Blick, and I'm like, oh my God, somebody like knows me around here. Are you kidding? And so there's a guy standing in this little shack of a house. Doesn't have a front door. Just has a, a, a blanket for a front door. And it's our driver. He waves at me. So I go back, and I sit down and have coffee with him, which I think was his father-in-law, his wife, and his children. And it's we there wasn't we we communicated great but not a lot of English and a lot of laughs and a lot of fun. And I literally think the guy spooned out his last coffee to give me. And it was those moments that you truly like, I was like that, that's an amazing trip. You know, not only did we score fun, fun surf, mm-hmm. but to meet somebody that, that just stays with you in your life, who was willing in, in, to give up the little piece of what he had to, to enjoy the company. So that's, probably my best trip
0: yeah no i can see that uh no that's yeah i had a kind of a similar experience when i was in egypt um i was with a couple guys that i knew and we went down to uh a place called Dahab, and uh it's a state in little huts little like tiki huts on along the beach and it's kind of a kind of a little um, what one might call a hippie mecca but uh you know and just the the conversations that we've had and the things that we, the interaction with the locals there, you know, the things that, you know, they would just share and just the, uh, made you feel like, um, you were home, right? And they wanted to make you feel like you were home because right. you were just a huge part of their lives as well. Um, and they were just willing to share anything with you, invite you in, you know, just feed you, you know, do a bunch of stuff like that. And, and just yeah, the, the conversation, it's, hard. Commun- you're right, communication is hard, right? And, uh, but you still laugh and you know, you have a good time. And I was actually there with a British guy that I knew. Um, But uh, it is one of those memories that I've had in my entire life. So, and I always share it with people, you know, I just went to this really cool place and there was really nothing to do, but we were just kind of hanging out and enjoying ourselves, time with friends and locals. And uh, just one of, it was just a little hidden place in the earth, so. Hey everyone, as one of our preferred listeners, your feedback is the utmost importance to the True Success podcast. And I am constantly striving to provide that ideal experience for our listener. And your input helps us to define that experience. That being said, if you could just take a minute to repost a review online, I would so appreciate it and look forward to you listening to the show in the future. So check out this review by Ben Colloy, who said, Kirby is such a great human being, and you can't help but be inspired to do more in your own life when you're around him. Excited to see this resource finally get out there. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate the comment and the review.
1: cool
0: really cool um so you know you had a you had a stroke so you're like the second stroke survivor um and not intentional or unintentional but uh uh, it just happened to be that way but you know second stroke survivor who had on the show um so tell me tell me a little bit about your stroke and what happened
1: so my stroke was my stroke occurred due to the fact i have a hole in the middle of my heart which allowed trash to go through Mm. so for my entire life I've struggled with um, massive migraines and, and passing out, passing out in the middle, you know, anywhere I've, I've, I've passed out on a plane. Um, so, but I didn't know it it's been happening since I was a child and i and when I was young, 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 I they ran so many tests on me. I was sick of being tested. Um, so I, and it typically occurred when I was under a lot of stress. So I was in the middle of moving from one house to another, trying to get it ready for, you know, or for a family. And uh, I was at, I had been staying at a friend's house while I was getting our house ready. And so I, I was at his house and, and next thing I know, I'm on, I was on the phone with him, letting him know, Hey, thanks for letting me stay at your house. And i you know, everything's put back together and. Um, then he starts kind of screaming at me on the phone, like, what's wrong with you? And he thought I was joking around cause I couldn't talk. So I was like, I'm
0: <laughs> and
1: he's like, stop messing around. I'm like, I'm not messing around. So I, 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 I got, I, I realized at that point, like, Hey man, I got to get a couple of words out here. Like, or cause nobody knew where I was. Mm-hmm. And so my wife was with the kids taking them surfing. And, and I was just like, I got to get this out. So I finally got it, got two words out to him, which was call Linda, which is my ex-wife. And he got a hold of her, which then she called an ambulance and had him come pick me up. And, you know, in that time period, I was, you know, I was 47 and and fit like beyond fit. So, uh, you know, load me up in an ambulance. My kids are watching me drive away. And, and in that moment, you're thinking to yourself, I got to, I got to go deep within here because I got to start figuring out, figuring this out. And, you know, that's when you're, you're, you're asking God for help. You're asking angels for help. You're asking for help because you need it. So, um, went through a lot of, uh, probably a lot of mental trauma on that and a lot of memory loss. Now my physical side came back fairly quickly. So I was extremely blessed. But uh, it definitely took its toll and makes you, made me truly start to reevaluate life a little, little more deeper. And you, because you realize it was just a switch. Literally, it was like a light switch just going to click because it happened so quickly.
0: Mm. And That has to be scary.
1: <laughs> it's beyond.
0: Yeah, it's the way beyond. you describe it, the switch, the light switch just goes click. And I'm like, it, mm.
1: it's that quick just, mm. just click. But, and for me being so physical and strong and, and, um, uh, I don't do drugs or drink. And it was, it was really, uh, life-changing because I had, you know, and I'm, I'm predominantly plant-based, so I'm thinking I, I couldn't get any more healthier, like, and this is happening to me, but, but really then you find out, well, it's a birth defect. Yeah. So, and now i have a and they fix it i have a titanium patch in my heart so i'm kind of part iron man now
0: <laughs> <That's> pretty <laughs> so, cool no i'm glad that you know i'm i'm glad everything's you know pretty much you know for the most part better you know i'm sorry that you had to go through that experience um you know i know that 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 can be really scary uh you know my oldest son he's 17 he uh he was born with a heart murmur and that just like scared the hell out of me it's like that's art like you yeah, know right. like his heart <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like you can't have a hole in your heart and uh he ended up growing up and growing out of it but he had to go to cardiologist and had to monitor it for years but uh i'll tell you as a new parent you know brand new parent, i mean i that was my first child um you know we had lost one before um it was kind of like this just takes the breath out of you and you just you know it's almost like you don't know what to do and i can't imagine that um So yeah, uh, you know, and having this birth defect and being able to overcome it all these years later. So, and, and then, and again, and it's kind of weird, because you're at the top of your health, you know, you're, 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 you're on top. And all of a sudden, um, for whatever reason, life brings you crashing back down. (laughs) Start over. (laughs) So. No, I uh, appreciate you sharing this. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to spend a few minutes talking about uh, the book a little bit. Um, I know we have, you know, weaved it in here and there, but why did you write Valley? I wrote West
1: Valley because I needed to, I felt like it was time for me to share my story. And, and in doing so, the healing process would do me well emotionally. And I knew the book. Would help others, so that's why I wrote it. Because yeah, I typically I was, wouldn't give so much information about my life.
0: Yeah, I just there was a lot of things that I was able to resonate within that book. So, uh, and I I do appreciate you, even if you know, I mean, it's me telling you that I think it, uh, I, I believe it's already had a huge impact. Um, uh, just because when I was reading it and while I was writing, I was just or not re- listening to it while I was. Re- writing and listening to the emotions, you know, because you're the one who recorded the audio version. Um, uh, I, it was just kind of taking me back. Right. And I would find myself like off, you know, thinking about things that I'd went through and reflecting on that in my own experiences and like, Oh, okay. And I was take, you know, I was getting new reflections, um, uh, from, from your perspective. And I was like, okay, so I, you know, honestly, though, those moments were pretty powerful. Um, so, yeah, I thank you. It's already had a huge impact. Um, what about, uh, what about Charlie? You know, tell, tell me about Charlie. He's one of the main characters in the story.
1: Charlie, Charlie came along. That wasn't something planned. Because I started writing and then Charlie just popped in. I think Charlie is my alter ego is what Charlie is. Mm-hmm. He's like the guy who I should have listened to my whole life. <laughs> uh, but Charlie's, Charlie is an interesting character, and I love that he came into the story and the guidance that he provides, because he doesn't just do it. Wes has to help. You know, Wes has to ask him for the help. And a lot of times as we go through life, we don't want to ask for help. We think mm-hmm. we can figure it all out on our own. And sometimes we can. But also, sometimes it's good to, to ask somebody, hey, I need some help with this. Could you help me? I'm having this issue and it ties in because a lot of men i have met who have gone through divorce or are going through divorce. They don't want to talk about it. They want to hold it all in and they don't want to explore the feelings that they're having. And they're embarrassed. I, and I know that I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed beyond belief. I didn't want to talk about it. And that's what pushed me though, to go, Hey, I'm going to write the book. And then just fortunate enough to have this character come to me that I feel like can help a lot of people because Charlie's going to continue on. He has a lot to give. And already, he's already working on a second book. So he, he's ready to keep helping people and, and keep moving on. And he'll keep riding his motorcycle and help people.
0: That's awesome. Cause I was going to ask you if uh, there was a uh, another book in the works, but uh, and we would hear see from Charlie again.
1: Oh yeah, Charlie's coming back. He's not going
0: <laughs> anywhere. Oh. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So you know, um, we're kind of here at the end. Um, so I'm going to ask you our our normal, you know, three canned questions. But uh, you know, how you know after everything you, that you've been through all your entire life, you know, you've 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 lived a life's journey already, and you're you're probably going to live a, a second life now. Um, but uh, how would you define true success?
1: That's a great question because I, I think true success is everyone has their their little uh, thought and what they feel is true success and then sometimes television and movies dictate success for us but my true success came when I realized I needed to forgive and 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 what I mean by that is I there's been I needed to forgive my dad. I needed to forgive my ex-wife. So, in order to get there, because I believe that we we live a life full of all these un, you know these circumstances that we we think we don't create, but really we do. So we give that forgiveness, and then that allows us to live in love. Because really, I believe that we either live in love or we li- we live in fear. So if you live in fear, you're not bringing true passion to your life. But when you can live in love and forgive those around you, you've reached true success. Because then awesome. you can accomplish anything.
0: Yeah, live in love. I mean, we all, yeah, we definitely have two choices. You can either live in fear or live in love. Um, I, I, I can see that. Um, where do you think you'll be at, you know, um, and 10 or maybe 20 years? We'll wow,
1: you don't find you. getting way down the road here huh? yeah
0: you know i mean i know you're in your 50s now but uh
1: well my goal is to go triple digits so i'm definitely cool. doing that because i'm going to be around for grandkids <laughs> and great grandkids i i look at life in five-year increments okay is how i look at life so uh five years from now top on the list is to keep riding to live in love and surf it, surf till the day I die. So that's, that's it for me.
0: You know, that's, it's, it's interesting. You say that, um, you know, and I believe you can do it. Um, I knew this man when I, I told you earlier about this story, when I was in Egypt, but there was when I, um, I was stationed there in the military, There's a gentleman named Herb on South Camp um which is near uh sharm el sheik and 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 that's where the president of egypt uh tours and he actually ran the gyms and a bunch of other stuff down there he would swim there's an island uh, uh that shark infested waters by the way and there's an island that he would swim to and i think it was like four or five miles away and he would swim to the island and back and it was an island that saudi arabia owned um, but he would swim there and back and forth every single day, and he lived until his 90s. And I'm like, This 90 year old man is swimming in shark infested right. waters, and I'm like, This dude is crazy, but I did just think he was free. I don't know, he was just he was living his best life, yeah. And so that's the key <laughs>
1: <laughs> go swim with sharks, and you'll live yeah, forever, <laughs> yeah. So it's
0: pretty cool. Um, but uh, no, those, those are those. This was just those amazing experiences of people that you know, we run across in our lives that we should learn something from and start emulating. Um, So, uh, so after that, uh, so how, what kind of impact are you going to create? So, you know, if you were to cast that stone in the water and create those ripple effects, what is that going to be?
1: The ripple effect is allowing people to, to know that it's okay to go in and experience all your emotions Mm -hmm. and, and allowing yourself to process them and share that and then you go out and you share your story you share what how you felt how things made you feel which then people come together because we're all one collective human yeah we're all just here that's what we're here for is to help one another Mm. so if we can continue to do that and if i can help one person they can help one person and we just keep going down the line then in the end we've all helped one another because nobody get nobody becomes successful by themselves right you may you may think you are but you're not it takes a team it takes a whole universe there's a collective energy that we all draw from
0: yeah that's a i think that's a really powerful message um that we're you know we're here to help others uh not just ourselves you know so thank you um thank you for sharing that so it's a actually this is time for i kind of turn it back over to you. Um, You know, allow you to talk about any things that uh, you would like to discuss or, you know, parting words of wisdom, um, anything that maybe, you know, uh, you wanted to mention earlier and you may not have um, and actually where where we can find you.
1: I think I'll leave it with this and we'll keep it simple. Mm -hmm. And that is the greatest gift in life is the life you choose to live. So I would love for everybody to live the life that they want to live. Just, just go out and choose what makes you happy and go for it. And that seems simple, but it's, you got to go for it and you got to reach deep inside. And you can find me at buyblakehill.com. That's where you can find me.
0: No, I appreciate it, Blake. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing the time, um, allowing us to kind of chatter back and forth and tell stories and share your book with us. Um, kind of dive into a little bit more and, you know, understand some of your experiences and things of that nature. Um, and uh, what we'll do is we'll drop all the links, you know, and the resources to some of the things that we've talked about, you know, to your book and your website and all that, uh, in the show notes um, and on the on the on the page we'll create on the website. So, again. Um I really do appreciate you sharing this time. I know it's like what three or four in the morning for you. So I got up at three. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so so I appreciate it, you know, you sharing this time. And um, you know, I look forward to having, you know, future conversations and you know, and you know, you being a part of our family here. So
1: definitely. Thank you. And then I, right. I want to hear about you riding the trail. You gotta go ride the trail.
0: Yeah, got to go ride sure. the
1: Limhigh Pass. So yeah. Thank you,
0: you good very good much. Guy. I appreciate it.
1: All right, man. Have cool. an have an amazing day.
0: Now it's up to you to put all this information into action. Please check out the links in the show notes, download a copy of the transcript, and smash that subscribe button. Leave a comment or review on your favorite podcast platform. Now go out and carry this story forward. My name is Kirby Ingalls. I appreciate you listening to this episode. Honor your service to others and love the impact that you are creating. You've been listening to the True Success Podcast. I'll see you next time.